0: It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode, titled Almost Award Winning, almost, (laughs) aired on Patreon originally back on November 5th of 2020. Enjoy!
1: Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's a time again, join our hosts John Swan and Ken Milam. For another bonus edition of the Hive Jive, like a
0: winner, go. go. <laughs> what are we gonna talk um, about? I don't know, but I'm I'm actually tired of talking. The
1: well, my day all you day today. Talk about the, you wanna talk about the election? Oh hell no! <laughs> you um, know the best part about this crap. We don't see no more ads. I'm oh, you're so, so right. Those damn things are off. That's right. No more commercials.
0: Right. Back to back to back. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that was that. It was appropriate. Um, I would agree mm-hmm. with that. No, I've done two or three Zoom calls today, prepping for this TBA virtual event and mm-hmm. going through and troubleshooting the live system. And I am so ready for the event to be over. I'm not even necessarily excited for it anymore because we have put in so much
1: work that Mm -hmm. I'm just ready for it to be done. (laughs) Just ready to be, stick a fork in it. We're through with this damn thing.
0: I'm just, I'm ready to be done. I am so ready to be finished with it for the simple fact that I want some time of my life back. And the board positions take up a lot of that time. Um, And I know for a fact, as soon as this one's done, they're immediately going to be like, all right, we need to start talking about June of next year. And I'm going to be like, nope, we're taking November and December off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's holiday. You got Thanksgiving this month and Christmas next month. you got to take the holidays off.
0: That's right. We don't even know what's going to happen with COVID over the winter. We don't have any business trying to plan live events or anything. Like I don't want to talk about it until January at the soonest.
1: (laughs) Uh, well let's, let's, I want you to be thinking about this and we may have to throw this one out in a regular episode. Probably don't need to be talking here. I'll give (laughs) a fruitcake or two away.
0: Oh, Oh yeah. Uh, You did that last year.
1: Yeah. I've got all my stuff ready. Uh, I'm going to probably start making fruitcakes here. In fact, I just got my pans in. And uh, I'll probably start making fruit cakes in the next week or so. And and I like to let them sit a week or two. It gets better. They just get better. So, yeah. So, be you be figuring out how you want to do it. We told them here now. So, uh, you'll have to tell them <laughs> next time we come on your... how we're going to do it.
0: Well, that's, uh, we'll wait until you actually have them ready before we tell them how we're going to okay. do it. That way they, they don't, they'll forget by the time, uh, by the time that happens. At least I know I would (laughs) be like, Uh, I think they said something about that, but I didn't see anything online. So I don't know, but yeah, so we could do that. We gave one away last year. That That would mean that unfortunately, Jacob, you would not be eligible because you have technically already won a fruitcake. Yeah. Fruitcake.
1: (laughs) Should I make one pound fruitcakes or two pound fruitcakes to give away? Uh,
0: pound's pounds cheaper to mail.
1: Okay, one pound fruitcakes. Yep. Okay. I think a one pound fruit cake may weigh more than one pound, though. Probably. <laughs> they're pretty heavy. <laughs> they got lots of stuff in them.
0: Yeah, that, that, uh, they're dense. They're heavy. They got
1: lots of goodies. <gasps> I, I, maybe where I get rid of my buckwheat honey. Ew. <laughs> no. No, I don't think. Don't, don't ruin know. your fruitcakes <laughs> with that stuff. Oh, be sure to tell the doctor I got a lot of buckwheat honey if he needs some. Well, your buckwheat honey,
0: <laughs> he's doing a study at the moment. And that is, um, I think he's going to touch on that on some of his presentation on the second presentation he does. But he is doing a study right now, but it's four honeys in the state of Texas. And none of that stuff that you bought came from Texas. So it's automatically disqualified.
1: No, one of them comes. Uh, well, one said New Pennsylvania, Jersey. Rhode Island, and uh, Connecticut, maybe. I said and New Jersey. The other one. Is from Russia. Yeah, the, Russia, Russia
0: definitely doesn't count.
1: The Russia buckwheat is just as nasty as the American buck, buckwheat.
0: Oh, you tried it?
1: Oh yeah, I opened it and tried. It. Stuck my finger yeah. in and tasted it, and,
0: and regretted it immediately.
1: It. Yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> Did the you Manuka just say the dog has, wouldn't even lick it? No, dog wouldn't even lick it. <laughs> <laughs> Looked at me and said, "Dad, you really don't like me that much." Okay.
0: <laughs> well, the, see, my dog, uh, one of my dogs at least, one of them will eat anything. The other one is uh, has discerning tastes, and he doesn't like honey. So even if I like give it to him, he's like, no thanks. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> so, I do want to take
1: some of that manuka honey, or the, not the manuka, but the buckwheat. I want to rub it on ham, or I'm going to use that to... To do some curing with, I'm gonna or barbecue. I'm gonna do some stuff with that because I got three pounds of it, and I'm gonna. You bought three pounds of manuka honey. Yeah, no, 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 no. I got three pounds of buckwheat honey. Oh, you said manuka. I only got one pound of manuka.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And I got that nasty stuff you gave me.
0: Nasty stuff I gave you.
1: Yeah, it was from Puerto Rico or. Oh, or Caribbean or yeah, yeah, no, you, um, you need to, that was that thing
0: that was from like the blue zone or whatever. Um, yeah. and it didn't give a lot of information. It just said, bee honey. And I'm, yeah. I'm questioning if it was even honey bee honey, but, um, <laughs> that stuff tastes smoky and that would be a good thing to use for rubs and barbecues and things like that. Yeah. I would use that leaps and bounds before I would use the buckwheat.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. They, uh, you know, you can't even use the buckwheat for sweet. No, because it tastes nasty. Sweet. <laughs> it's nasty.
0: Even You I'm know sorry. what? Just because you add sugar to something doesn't make it taste better. If it tastes nasty and you add
1: sugar to it, it's just sweet and tastes nasty. <laughs> you know, people are probably listening to us uh, uh, from up north. Well, oh, I really like buckwheat honey. My dad had been eating buckwheat honey since I was a little bit of kid. Oh no! Well, that's why you like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there absolutely is uh, a lot of listeners out there that do love buckwheat honey. I posted the the title for the main segment episode on Monday was actually called Buckwheat Aftershocks, and. <laughs> We had several people that just commented on the Im- the image, and they were like, oh, my God, I love buckwheat honey, or that's what my dad always had. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there were a lot of them, and it made me laugh because I was like, they're commenting on the image. They obviously haven't listened to the episode, or they would hear how horribly we have dissed buckwheat honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: We don't have buckwheat honey in Texas, and there's a reason.
0: Technically, we can or do. We Probably. can. Well, I think less— in Oklahoma. Yeah, I think Les uh, grew a crop of buckwheat as a cover crop mm-hmm. and to right. kind of replenish the soil, um, I think. Maybe not. He might have grew, grew something else. But anyhow, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> speaking of honey, since we're on the, the subject of honey, um, mm-hmm. I will tell a little bit of inside information. And I have deduce this myself by one, looking at my scorecard and then two, going through and talking to, um, some individuals, but I mentioned on, uh, one of the maiden segment episodes, I believe, uh, not last Monday, but the Monday before, I think that I had at the very last moment decided to enter my honey into the honey show.
1: And yeah, but you sent
0: mine instead. I did not. Nice try, though, buddy. Um, <laughs> I entered in, because this was the week before you even extracted, so you can't, you can't even try to sneak that in there. Um, what I did was I entered in two jars. They were both identical jars. They were both the same honey. I entered one into the black jar contest, which is just simply taste. That's all it is, is just taste. And then I entered the other one into the full-fledged honey show. Now, here's the kicker. The honey show is very strict, has a lot of rules and regulations and things that should be done to prep the honey. I literally had to take a box of small containers because we're donating honey samples to Dr. Ozturk to go through and do some of this research I was just talking about. And I had to take those containers to one of the judges that was going to be going to the show And as I was loading up the containers, I was like, oh, what the hell? And I grabbed two jars, immediately opened up the bucket, filled them, put the lids on them, put them into the box, taped the box shut with my entry form, and drove up and dropped it off. So there was no prep, no thought, no nothing to it. Number one, there are specific types of jars that must be used to enter a honey show. I did not use <laughs> those jars. What kind of
1: jars? <laughs> they're supposed to look like little fat bears?
0: Actually, you know, you're. Uh, I think you got some... Um, did you get any of the glass jars, but they're kind of ribbed? They're, they're narrow yeah. and wide, and they're ribbed on the sides like a skep hive? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so those bigger glass jars are one of the acceptable forms that are that shape. And yeah, then... There's a, uh, no, they're way bigger than that. No, the ones know, for the okay. honey show are bigger than that. They're a pound okay. uh, or more. Um, okay. Yeah. So load. anyhow, those are, those are one type of jar. There's another type of jar. And those are the, really the only two jars that are acceptable. Canning jars are not acceptable. I used a mayo jar, which if I would have entered into like the chunk comb honey would have been acceptable, but is not acceptable mm-hmm. for the regular just amber honey categories without anything in it. Mm-hmm. So immediately, right off the bat, I got a zero in the category for the container. It mm-hmm. did not even cross my mind because, again, well, last if had minute thought. Mayonnaise
1: that had been better.
0: Oh hush! It wasn't mayonnaise in it, you goofball. <laughs> it's just that—that's just what they call those types of jars. That's what oh, we sell oh, our choco okay. honey in is a quote-unquote oh, oh, mayonnaise style whip jar. jars. They weren't Miracle Whip jars. <laughs> anyhow so there's a zero in that category which was a potential of 10 points but i got zero points because again i wasn't paying attention i didn't plan for it i just threw crap together and shipped it off right Mm -hmm. so your other categories are um is there any particulates in the honey is there any air bubbles in the honey what is the clarity of the honey what is the color of the honey what is the moisture content of the honey Um, and then how properly did you fill the jar? Where is the honey line filled to? These are all the different things that go along with it. And then in a regular honey show, this year was a little bit different because we had to have entries mailed in because of COVID, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. people, we weren't doing a convention and people couldn't show up in person to do their stuff. So one of the other things is, is there honey on top of the lid? The lid needs to be clean and dry. There can be no honey on it. The glass needs to be pristine and clear with no fingerprints or smudges. Like all this, it's very technical. The judges have to wear white gloves. Like it's a very highfalutin fancy thing. So, and They've been
1: around the wine people too damn.
0: It's very much kind of like a a wine thing. So anyhow, I didn't do any of that, right? I just threw it in a box and shipped it off. So I missed 10 points because I did not put it in the right type of jar. On the category for moisture content... It's kind of goofy. Um, it must be below 18.6. If it's above that, you're automatically disqualified or you get zero points. Um, if And technically, I should have been disqualified for not providing the right kind of jar, but they were being lenient this year to everybody. So they didn't disqualify me. They just didn't give me any points in that category, but it went ahead and scored the rest. So I would have a basis for stuff. Um, this story, I promise, is actually going somewhere. So <laughs> other than all the things I've i heard to it. do. Um, so, oh, that's right. I did already tell you Yeah. So this is for everybody else's mm-hmm. benefit, but you can pretend. Um, so in the, the moisture content category, if it is below 18.6, you qualify, but you don't get the full points. You only get like seven points. And then if it's below 17 points, something you get eight points. And if it's below this, you get nine points. And if it's, um, at this certain range, you get a full 10 points, but then if it goes too far, if it's below 15, you don't get any points. So there's zero at the top and zero at the bottom in this very tight range that ranges from like 16.5 to 18.6, where you can score seven, eight, nine, or 10 points, something along those lines. So I missed one point. My moisture content was within the range where I got 9 out of 10 for that category. I got ten out of ten for clarity. Ten out of ten for nothing being in the you know no particulates, nothing in the jar. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if taste is part of that or not. Um, but the category on filling your jar, mm-hmm. I filled it literally just a microscopic smidge above the ridge line of the jar where you're supposed to what? stop. Damn. So I'm I was docked one point on that. So. My total score for my personal score sheet ended up being 88 points. Mm -hmm. Had I put it in the proper container, I would have gotten 98 points out of a hundred potential points. No, you shouldn't have used my honey. I didn't use your honey, you turd. Oh, Um, okay. So I would have gotten 98 out of a hundred points. And I mentioned this to one of the judges after the fact, I like a day or two ago, Um was going through and I was telling him, I was like, Yeah. So I got my score sheet and never even crossed my mind about the jar. I was in such a mad rush and I didn't even think about it. I just like, what the hell? I'll go ahead and submit and I sent it off. So I told them what my score was. And when they do the judging, they have no idea whose entry is whose. They don't know anything except this is jar number 23, and that's all they know. And so I was like, Yeah, you know, I got these and these categories. And then, you know, there was a note down there saying absolutely amazing honey. And it was beautiful, honey. And then, you know, and I said, but my score ended up being 89, but, or sorry, 88. But had I used the right jar, you know, like in dummy, um, I would have actually got a 98. And the judge was like, are you serious? Oh my God, you would have won. And I'm like, wait, are you serious? And she said, yeah, if you would have used the right jar and you got a score of 98, that was the highest score. I'm almost certain that was the highest score in that category. And that category was Amber. Just medium amber or amber, quote unquote. There's light, medium, and dark. And I think mine fell into the medium category. So, again, preparation, foresight, all this other stuff. Never considered doing it before. Sent it in on a whim. (laughs) Had I used the right jar, I would have actually won for my category, the freaking honey show (laughs) for Texas. There you go. Now. The lesson learned, you know, if you're going to do stuff like that, plan ahead. Don't don't do a last minute Hail Mary and not pay attention to the rules. Um, And in a regular honey show, not a covid honey show, I would have been disqualified because I did not use the right kind of jar. So, again, pay attention to the rules. Now, there's still the category for the black jar honey, which is based on Mm -hmm. tasting only. Mm -hmm. And I do not know what my score was for that. And I will not find out. Until the virtual event on Saturday. That's when everybody will find out who the winners were for the categories. So there's still a slim chance that I may have some award-winning honey. At the moment, mm-hmm. I have almost award-winning honey.
1: <laughs> almost award-winning <laughs> with a, winning honey. With
0: a huge technicality. <laughs>
1: <laughs> dang, I should have got my honey in there. You I, I gave a bunch of that honey away and dang, everybody says, that is good honey. That's well, hell yeah, it's, you know it's award winning <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you uh are you going into the radio station this week? Oh yeah, but tomorrow pick up your plaque, bring it home
1: oh, I will yeah
0: that way you can have award winning honey in front of your award winning plaque <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's the only way you have proof, yeah. From your imaginary, imaginary Institute of higher honeyology or something like yep. that. I, I don't remember what Imagine, it says now. That's what it says. Imaginary Institute
1: of honeyology.
0: I think it's higher honeyology.
1: Maybe so. Oh. I think,
0: you know, cause I tried to make it sound as, as prestigious and highfalutin fancy uh, as I uh, could.
1: Uh,
0: uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so anyhow, um, now that we've talked a lot about honey, uh, mm-hmm. I really,
1: well, we, a, we should, know, we're the hive jive. We talk bees.
0: We do talk bees, but we have talked so much about honey and tasting honey and all these honey things lately. I'm pretty sure everybody oh, yeah. is like, Oh my God, honey, shut up. Um, <laughs> so you went to Mason and mm-hmm. said it was like a barren oh, desert. Dry. Up there.
1: Oh, it's dry. Yeah. You know, I was planning on taking 10 or 15 hives over there, uh, and, you know, late, late November or December. I mean, late, no, no, late February or March. If we don't rain, I may take two or three and that's it. Just to see what happens. I don't even even have any water on the place. We got, we got a well and I'll have to build a, well, I haven't got it set up, but I got the, the, the uh, trough over there. So I'll set up a trough. And I may will put all the bees right there around the water. So my I, all my ponds are dry, the creeks dry, everything's dry. I hadn't been there in a while, and I didn't know it was that bad. It's bad over there. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. La Nina's getting ya, huh? Yeah, it's going and it's just getting there. So well, we've had La Nina now for what a couple three months. Hopefully, maybe spring it'll leave, but I don't think so.
0: Yeah. Bringing a ton of hurricanes, really strong ones, but unfortunately, no rain to our region uh, here in the the central part of Texas. But
1: Nick called hail yesterday, this morning. Yeah. Now it's just. Have you seen the new track? It's it's just a tropical storm going to come out and go. Now and it's going to hit, get back in the Gulf, and it's going to be either a monster. Storm our number one our number one hurricane hit Cuba, go through Cuba, then back into the Gulf, and then hit hit Florida, then come back around back into the Gulf and, and it's showing it may go into Louisiana or or you know, Alabama or some of those. I'm sitting there, damn <laughs> what a year it, it's definitely twenty twenty.
0: Yeah. Thank goodness. It's November. We've only got two more months of 2020 and then we can put that one away and pretend like it didn't happen.
1: <laughs> Let's hope like hell 2021's better. Yeah. Yeah. in in all respects. Um,
0: so if you do end up moving bees out there and you put them, mm-hmm. like if you put a water trough out there, don't put your bees right beside the water trough. They are okay. perfectly able to fly to the water trough. So um, if you use your house for, well, actually we can, we can talk distance like, you know, putting them a hundred foot from the water is perfectly Mm -hmm. fine and probably better Mm -hmm. because they will easily go find that water. And that's not a problem. But if you put it right beside your hives, Mm -hmm. when the bees leave their hives, the first thing they do is defecate. And if they do that into the water source and one colony and one bee has a disease, Mm -hmm. they'll have their own pandemic because it will spread through that water like a reservoir. And then Mm -hmm. all of your colonies that drink from that will then get the disease and
1: you'll wipe them all out. Okay. I won't do that then. So,
0: yeah, that's Indeed. the the technical thing is it needs to be a minimum of 10 foot from the hive, and it should never be directly in front of the hive. My yeah. bees tend to come out and kind of go in a spiral and take off. So I would say yeah. not within 10 foot of the hive in any direction, um, yeah. preferably 20 foot from the hive minimum, and then they'll go to it, and it's less likely that there's going to be bee poop in it that could contaminate uh, stuff. Well, I'm probably at stuff.
1: feet, what I was going to do, but...
0: Yeah. Well then that's fine. But when you said yeah. put the, the hives beside it,
1: I saw this nah. picture in my head of a horse tank
0: uh-uh. lined with uh-uh. beehives.
1: <laughs> and there's, you know, there's, our neighbor has a big pond over on their place and it's got a windmill run into it. Now I haven't been there in probably 20 years. So I don't know if that windmill even runs anymore or works anymore. So I don't know. So I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just gonna have to put a trough out and and go from there. So, yeah. Well, uh, let's just pray it goes raining before then, and I don't have to worry about it. That's a good hope, um,
0: yep. but you know who who knows on that. So, also though, you're looking at like the tail end of winter, and usually we do get a ton of rain in October, and this year we did not. So, nope. or sorry, you're looking at the tail end of of summer and and fall. So. Um, we didn't really get the rain this fall that we normally would. So mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean though, that there wasn't plentiful blooms and stuff out there in the spring. Yep. Yeah. So we don't know what the spring looked like in Mason, but if you do put hives out there and you put a couple of them out there, you know, obviously early in the year you're going to want to take your feeders and you're going to want to fill those suckers clear full oh, yeah. because you don't get to Mason every week. You know, it's going to be nope. three or four weeks before you go back and then You'll probably do fine once the flowers start blooming and the flow Mm -hmm. starts. But then you're going to come to a a place where if you do end up getting excess, you harvest it. But then you're probably immediately going to have to start feeding because the summer dearth hits. And then if the fall ends up being like it is now, you're going to be feeding them, you know, like two gallons of colony every time you go up there. Yep.
1: Yep. No. But, oh, well, that's all we got to do to do what we do, I guess, you know. I'm going to put them over there for, you know, tax purposes, but I don't know. We'll figure it out. Oh, got to have at least five hives over there. And so let's we'll see. I don't know.
0: Is it just five or is it five plus?
1: Five plus.
0: That's what I thought. I don't think any counties do just five anymore.
1: I oh, don't, I don't even know what Mason, well, better not get into that. Probably people from Mason listen to us, but. Yeah, you know what's funny is I,
0: I just assume nobody listens to us. um, In my brain, like I, I don't, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that do, but you're, you're always like, oh, that person probably listens. My mom does the same thing, especially like she'll hear us say something on Patreon because here on Patreon, we're a little bit more free to talk about what we want to. I know exactly how many patrons we have, and I know who they are. And Uh, 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 she'll hear me say something and she'll be like, oh, my God, I hope that person doesn't listen. And and my response is chick in the skin type black tank top ain't ever going to listen to our show, (laughs) let alone pay for Patreon. Okay, we don't have to worry about her getting upset because we're saying she sets a bad example. And if she did listen, she deserves to be upset because she sets a bad example. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, but it's just funny. I always crack up whenever you say something like that. Oh, you know, they're, they're, that lady might listen. I'm like, whatever. They don't even know who we are.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And Mason, I don't think they do, but just in case, but Mason is getting crazy on their taxes. Wow. School tax and property tax. All I'll say, wow, we pay more over there than we pay for seven acres of waterfront here in Llano County. And we only got sixty something acres over in Mason, and we're paying more there than we are for seven acres of waterfront with four thousand feet of waterfront. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. <laughs> but oh well. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um I'm gonna have to get you to write me something and share the master beekeeper and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, because Mason does have that requirement that you have to, yeah. they, there has to be a, a uh, somebody in the master beekeeper program for the yep. state of Texas that manages the hives or is at least a, a consultation type yep. person on hand. Yep. I know that I sound a little flatter raspy because again, I have literally been talking on stupid phone calls and Zoom meetings all day long and mm-hmm. uh, we ended up running late on this because we were supposed to start at seven fifteen, mm-hmm. and I was still on my zoom meeting <laughs> and I was like, I really got to go. I'm supposed to be doing another recall and recording right now. So this is okay. all for the B stuff for the virtual event. Okay. Yep. It's all planning. Cause this weekend is the, 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 you know, do or die. So we're mad dash and scramble at the end to try to get everything ready.
1: Um, okay. tell me something, let me ask you something. Sure. My bees are robbing like hell up here. Oh, yes. That is actually
0: the truth. And we should talk about that on the main segment on Monday. We'll have a recap on robbing. But yes, robbing. So anytime there is food not readily available in the world for the bees, then they will happily go to anything else they can find. A lot of times that's when you start seeing a lot of people post pictures of bees like mauling and robbing uh, hummingbird feeders. They to any sweet thing that they find. Um, they show up instantaneously out of nowhere. And at the moment, if you're doing a hive inspection, even just having your hive open for an mm-hmm. extended amount of time can ensue massive robbing, and that is very, very bad. So if you are doing hive checks right now or treatments or tests or anything else, you need to be in that hive, out of that hive, and close that sucker back up as quickly and efficiently as possible Um, I have video footage from a mishap over this last weekend that turned really bad. And so we do have some videos that we will post out there next week. Um, that does show, you know, true, legitimate robbing behavior, feeding frenzies and bees trying to overpower a colony from all sides. So yes, that is definitely a thing. Um, it's a thing in late winter, early spring before the flowers start blooming, it is a thing in the summer dearth for places that have a summer dearth. And it is absolutely a thing in winter, uh, especially like for areas like us where it's still really warm, but there's no flowers. Everything's dried out and died. So, definitely a problem.
1: And they are hammering the hell out of pollen. Oh, Oh, now they they are because I just listened to the episode we
0: released on Monday and you said they weren't touching your pollen and you bought a lot of it and you were mad.
1: (laughs) They wasn't. I mean, all of a sudden I put a bunch out and I mean, they're cleaning it up. I mean, all of a sudden they, and they're, they're in the pigweed in the backyard too. So that's when we noticed it last year. So that they're in there now. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, uh, I'm feeding. I'm putting pollen back out and they're working hell out of it.
0: Well, that'll help. They, they do need those protein stores. And if there's not anything out there for them, then, uh, that, that'll definitely help, help them build up and help them keep raising some fat, healthy winter bees coming into the winter season. A lot of everybody out there listening is either in another country where it's spring and summer or are getting ready to go into winter or for the people up North are already in winter. Yep. And, uh, and so that's, uh, you know, that's kind of a harsh thing. Dee, Dee, who we mentioned, you know, in here in the United States, who really wants the hive jive or the big down undershirts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she posted a picture online, I believe. Um, and now I'm going to be like, this is why I hate saying things, because there's so many things that go on. And I see so many things every day that then by the time I remember to talk about it at the end of the week, I might flip flop names, but I'm pretty sure it was DeeDee Dee posted a picture of apples that had been frozen and now dropped to the ground and rotting. And the mm-hmm. bees were all over them, oh,
1: no drinking pal. up the yeah.
0: sugar and the juices from the, the rotting apples. So mm-hmm. another sign of, you know, they've been cooped up for quite a while. Temperatures finally got back up into the 70s in their area. So the bees were able to get out and forage and desperately looking for anything they can find. And if that happens to be a weak colony or you did a hive inspection and you spilled, you accidentally tore open some comb and it dripped on the outside of the hive, God forbid, you know, it's on. They're going to come after it like crazy. Oh, just and and
1: putting sugar water in same way. Yep. I mean, if you uh, spill any on day, the outside. Yep. Other day, you know, always take it when you put it in the boardman feeder. You know, you screw the lid on it and just hit it and make sure all the holes are open. Yep. Get a little bit on the ground and hell, I, don't, I mean, the bees don't come holla. Huh? <laughs> I don't do that. Well, I do. <laughs> just make I sure have. That-
0: I have a nail or I use on my one favorite hive tool. It has a very sharp curve to it with a very Mm -hmm. sharp, tiny point on the end of it, like a hook knife. Mm -hmm. And I use either the nail or that. And whenever I'm doing a a feeder for like a Boardman feeder, if you've let it go dry and empty for long enough, they will Mm propolize it shut. So what I do is I pick up the empty jar and I hold it butt end up towards the light so I can see if light comes through the holes or not. And if not, I go ahead and use that nail or the hive tool, reopen those holes by poking the propolis out of them. Then I take the lid off. Then I fill it up with new sugar syrup. Then I put the lid on and I turn it upside down either over the open hive or directly into the Boardman feeder so that no spillage goes outside Mm -hmm. the hive anywhere. Because, yes, if you pour it on the ground, you're going to start a fight, especially Mm -hmm. if it's near the hive. Because what the bees Mm -hmm. do is... When a bee finds that and it's within, you know, 10 foot or even technically even smaller than that, but if it's bigger than that, but if it's within 10 foot, I honestly want to say if it's within a hundred foot, they do, they don't do the waggle dance to pinpoint precision, say it's over here. They do a round dance, which says there is food right here and right here doesn't identify anywhere. So they go out in a circular radius and look for anything that is food. And that is the hive beside them. That is, you know, the hive across from them. That is the sugar on the ground um, and the hive in front of it. So yes, you got to be very, very careful this time of year. And we'll have to repeat all this on the main segment now (laughs)
1: because it's all good information
0: for everybody to hear.
1: Yeah. I'll tell them about the hive that I lost and I opened them up and brought them to the house and opened them up, let the bees clean all of the comb out and and uh, they just froze out. We had that one day last week, or two or three days there that got colder than hell, and and it was my fault. I never even noticed I had a medium on top of that that brood box, and just was too small a bunch to keep it warm. They brought, they froze out. So my fault. Oh well. well did they
0: did they starve out too, or was there still food source? Yeah, they starved
1: in there? out too. Yeah, they they, had, they were stuck in the in the comb. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is an
0: unfortunate side effect, but yes, that is going to start occurring. People will see that as the cold increases. And if you've got them smaller, weaker colonies and they haven't been combined and they've got too much space and not enough food and not enough bees, that is the unfortunate outcome.
1: Yep. I got one more, but I'm going to mix them. And Max has got, uh, he's mixing. We got one. He's got one bunch kills hell out of Queens over there. So they raised and he. He wants to go back in look and see if he can find that virgin queen. I think he talked to you about it, and he wants to look. And if not, he's going to mix that uh, swarm he's got up the road in with it. And damn, that's going to make a big that's going to make a big colony. But yeah, oh well, we'll get it all figured out.
0: Very good. Well, we should you. probably go ahead and. Call this one a wrap because I need to literally turn around and edit this sucker because it comes out uh, tomorrow morning, which and for everybody else to is today. Day right day now. Day it too. comes out right now. Yeah, I haven't day done day that either. I, yeah, I haven't. I haven't done that either. So that'd be a good plan. Right. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: I think I had lunch today. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. about how my day has gone. <laughs> about ran out of breath there for a minute. Anyhow, mm-hmm. you can go ahead and take us out of here.
1: Hey family, thank y'all for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Anyway, John can help you give him a call. <laughs> Me, I'll just BS my way through it. I'll I'll help you too. We really appreciate it. Thank y'all so very much. John, you take us out and family, we'll see y'all and John. I'll talk to you in a day or two. <laughs>
0: I have a feeling I'll probably talk to you tomorrow. That's how that normally goes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and gee, thanks for the everybody call John as if John doesn't have enough going on right now. Please don't call (laughs) John. Uh, I'm going to stop now. Be good and bye-bye.
1: Y'all be healthy. Stay safe and we'll see y'all again next time. Family, y'all be good. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you. And we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, You truly are the Bee's Knees.